Welcome to episode 56 of I Dream of Cameras, the podcast about cameras and camera collecting brought to you by the gang at the Sunny 16 Podcast. My name is Jeff Greenstein. And my name is Gabe Sachs. Welcome, welcome to episode 56. We are once again not in the same place, but we are but. in the same country, which is very, very exciting. Jeff Greenstein, welcome back to the United States. I'm back in the United States. Hey, can I share something before yes, we get into, of course. Uh, uh, you know, I was buying bar soap yesterday. Yes, yes. And the gentleman at the checkout asked me if I am a radio announcer. Oh, wow. That's very exciting. He said, you sound like you have a professional radio voice. And I said, well, uh, I have a smash hit podcast. Yes. Um, so there's that. But uh, no, I am not a professional. And he said, do you do voiceover work? And I said, no, I do not. Again, I do have a smash hit <laughs> podcast, but uh, no. But anyway, I just want to let everybody know that I am perceived to be a professional, even though I am not. Yes, exactly. And you have to remember whenever ever someone says that, you have to make them a new listener, which we need. We love listeners. Yes, I did direct him to the podcast, <laughs> but he seemed far more interested in bar soap than vintage film cameras. So there you go. <laughs> I am back in the United States after three and a half weeks. That's crazy. In Central Europe and His Majesty's United Kingdom. Oh, my goodness. And you almost got killed. But other than that, it was a fantastic trip. And I almost got killed. Should we start with how I almost got killed? I, I can think, do this really fast. I think you can, and I, I think you can divulge the entire event. On the last night of the trip through Central Europe, we yes. actually extended the trip to attend the opening of a performance of Carmen, that's the opera, in Steinbruch, which is a town about 40 kilometers outside of Vienna. Yes. And at the act break, an enormous monsoon whipped up <laughs> at the outdoor venue and nearly killed us. Of course. And so the remainder of the performance was canceled. The headline in the paper the next day in Vienna said that last night at the quarry of St. Margaret, a miraculous thing occurred. Carmen survived. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. What, so, a, what and, a great event. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I, I survived an apocalypse at an outdoor performance of Carmen. Right. Uh, I am getting over a little bit of a cold, but the podcast must go on. But Gabe you had Sachs, a lot. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I'm but, sorry. Yes. I have to interrupt. Yes. Uh, we, we have to discuss briefly that you were involved in a lot of photography events, which is like just because of what's going on. It's so exciting that just naturally you're at photography shoots. It's not like you're trying, it's not like you're stalking a photography shoot or trying to see what they're doing or what camera they're using. Uh, you're actually just sitting no. there and they're coming to you. Uh, but I got to wait before we go into this. I feel like everything's had sixes and sevens. I feel like the, the Earth's <gasps> rotation has reversed itself. <laughs> Did anything of note happen 56 years ago? I have no idea. No, actually, wait, that would be. Hold on. I'm hold on. Uh, ah, I'm doing my math. Hold on. Hold on. 65, 45, 3D. That would be 1967, I believe. That's correct. Yes. And uh, I have to tell you yes. that when I was doing my research, Yes. Not that it's not off the top of my head, but if I did do research. Yes, yes. I will tell you, the first camera that I came across, I think it's something you'll be excited about from 1967. Ooh. You ready? Okay. All right. The Olympus Trip 35. <sighs> See? I knew 35. it. I knew it. Tell us about that camera because uh, 
it was uh, there a long time. Like, I mean, it the was around Olympus a long time. Trip 35 was, dare I say, the Argus C3 <laughs> of 1967. These cameras were ubiquitous. Right. You would see them everywhere. And I guess that's just another way of saying they were ubiquitous. Right. Um, this was a trash table camera for a long time because it is nothing but a point and shoot. Uh, it has an excellent Zwicko lens. Mm-hmm. It has does not need batteries. It has the meter cell around the lens, a la the Pen EE series. Um, but eventually, people cottoned to the fact that that excellent lens in a point and shoot thirty five millimeter camera was a nice thing to have, and they became cult objects. Yes, yes. I mean, it's amazing. Are so, they still as popular? Very, very much. Okay, so. good. Yeah, they are huge cult objects to the point where. Your humble narrator yes. actually went and bought one. After disdaining them for a very long time, I bought one. And do you know what? What? Didn't love it. Oh, no. <laughs> There's Didn't a lot of that. It. There's a lot of that cult favorites that you sort of get. You go, I don't understand why. It was, listen, it, it handled exactly the same as my beloved Olympus Pen EE3. Right. Exactly the same. Right. Okay. Same exposure Got system. It. Same scale focus. Doesn't have a rangefinder. Uh, but it's not half frame, and so therefore it's a much larger camera. And at that size, I want a rangefinder. Right. And at that size, I want exposure control. So I eventually, I had a black one, man. I had a black one. That's nice. I sold it. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. But it's a great camera, and I can't, I have nothing negative to say about it. People who like their Trip Thirty Fives love their Trip Thirty Fives. Right. So that is an excellent camera of sixty-seven. I love that. Okay. Well, you ready? Yes. Here's one I have not even picked Ooh. up. Okay. okay. A Hanamex Practica Nova 1B. Don't know. <laughs> I know what a Hanamex Practica is, but I don't know what a Nova 1B well, is. Well, that's from 1967. Please, okay, everyone, keep go going. out there and try one. And then um, the uh, Zenit E. There's the Zenit Never E of 1967. One. Uh, I have used them, and uh, they're fun. I mean, people go crazy now about, which we'll talk about a little later, but the Russian cameras have officially made a full comeback. I mean, these are things people are seeking out. They're more expensive than you'd think. Wow. uh, But, yeah, it's amazing. Zenit is an SLR. Am I correct about that? 35-millimeter SLR. Yes. You'll never get me up in one of those. I know, I know. Uh, I mean, I, I can try, but I probably won't. You won't be married. Well, to you it. know, ironically, we're going to talk in a little bit about some Eastern European cameras that I've acquired. Oh, How about I love that? it! I love it. Can't wait. Can't yeah, wait. yeah. Uh, any other notable cameras of 1967? Uh, those are my most notable at the moment. Very nice. Because I wanted nice. to, you know, some things I didn't really know about. So there you go. Excellent. Thank you for that segment, Mr. Sachs. Okay. So, you know, I talked a little bit last time about watching. Uh, photo shoots. Yes. And not uh, as a creepy I have, person, as a professional. Not as a creepy person, yes. as a professional, as a professional. And I did a little more of that. And I got to see now, I've seen several, I've seen several different photographers uh, very do exciting. photo shoots uh, with my girlfriend. And it's very interesting to see the different ways in which a photographer will engage with a model. But I also found the choice of equipment quite interesting. There was a photo shoot. Uh, at, in Vienna, right. where the photographer surprised me by pulling out an Olympus stylus. How about You're that? You're kidding me. 
an Olympus stylus. So once he had covered it with the digital camera, right? Okay, he would pull out the stylus and take a few snapshots. I love with it. that camera. I love. And that. then, and then a week later, different photographer, a woman who was shooting my girlfriend in, I want to say Prague. I'm probably going to get this wrong. We're right. in a lot of different cities. Same thing. Same camera. Amazing. And it made me think maybe the Olympus stylus has stepped into the breach were left by the ye, by the Yashica T4 because oh, I, T4s I are so expensive. I completely and agree. And Olympus styluses are somewhat expensive, but they're like $200. Yeah, they're rather still than they're, cre- they're creeping. It depends on the Olympus Olympus stylus, but I'm seeing a lot of them at the camera meetups. It's really interesting and people are using them. People are using yeah, them. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That, and that form factor is so nice yeah. because it's got that clamshell and you just pull it out of your pocket, snap, snap, and then on with the shoot. Right. So I'm going to be interested to see whether any of these make it into the photo shoots that I watched. But oh, it was cool. really interesting to see that an essential part of a professional fashion photographer's toolkit in a couple of these cases was a cam- compact point-and-shoot Olympus style. Absolutely Lovely, love right? I think they're going to get... You know, they'll obviously know what they're going to get. They're going to get those cool, you know, film feels that you're not going to get with the perfect digital. And, you know, I've talked to people and those digitals are necessary for work and you need to get that perfectly clean shot. But, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So uh, that made me kind of want to get one. Right. Kind of. Right. But very, very interesting. My girlfriend told me once she worked with a photographer who showed up only with these point and shoot cameras to do a shoot, I believe it was, I don't remember. I don't want to get it wrong. But she was skeptical when she saw this, but the results were extraordinary. I probably know who that photographer is. Is that right? um, And it would be the Yashica T4 because that photographer made them pretty famous. Wow. Is that right? Well, anyway, so this was just, uh, that was really interesting. But once again, I came away awestruck by the skill uh, of a professional model working with a professional photographer. That's and, cool. and also impressed by the different working methods different photographers have. Some like to work right. very fast. Some like to improvise. Some like to come with a really meticulous plan. Some come with lookbooks right. of things that they want. I will just say this, guys, and we'll talk about it when it actually comes out. Your humble narrator was <laughs> pressed into service to be a hand in one of the photographs. That's oh, all I'm going oh to say. Oh, my gosh. Did I tell you this, game? No, I'm, I'm hearing this live on the air. My hand, yes. my wristwatch, my tuxedo. Yes. My torso, even, are in this photograph. I'm so about excited that? to see it. That's so I, I'm cool. not going to say any more than that, but I was pressed into service. Well, I, let me I say something about you, these photo shoots. So, also, yes. the behind-the-scenes shot on your X-Pan are spectacular. So I want people to check them out because you're doing something that I did not think that the X-Pan was capable of, which is exciting. You're actually getting amazing portraits with an X-Pan. And I've Uh seen some, but not these are really, really cool and you're getting the whole world. But I think uh, people should check it out because it's really, they're really, really fun and you get to see everything because it's an X-Pad. 
Well, thank you for saying that. I mean, as y'all know, if you have followed this uh, news organization, Gabe is the portrait photographer of the team, and it is not something that I am accustomed to doing. But when I decided to bring the X-Pan along on this trip, I had two ideas in my mind. One is that it would be great for architectural photography, obviously. You know, I'm in Prague. I'm in London. I'm in Somerset. I'm in... um, you know, all of these amazing European cities. And so I thought for the big expanse, the same way I used it in Paris. But the other thing I think I had in the back of my mind was to show the sort of tableau of a photo shoot. Like to have the image that you'll ultimately get reside in the center of the frame, but see the photographer and the sets and the lighting rigs and the backings and the hair and makeup crew and this. And... The X-Pan has proven to be extraordinarily useful for those sorts of compositions. Whether you place the, 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 the hero shot, whether you place it at the edges or in the middle, some very interesting things happen compositionally right. using that frame. So thank you for saying that. It's been really fun like trying to get those kind of shots, and I have been gradually, slowly uploading them to my Instagram. There's one this morning that I put up. Did you see today's? Yes. Um, it is an incredibly gorgeous jewelry shot yep. uh, that, uh, you know, in process. But you see the entire crew kind of arrayed around observing this shot as it's happening. Oh, yeah. And they're all angled in, all of their arms and their gaze and their camera and everything is angled in on the subject in a right. really interesting way. I so I have that. been, yes, I have been having fun with it. Well, let me tell you a little story, a little camera adventure, and I, I think I might probably mentioned it, but I think I did mention this on the uh, podcast. When I was traveling, I decided to hide some cameras in my house you okay. know, for safety reasons, and, uh, and I put them all over, and, and um, I lost one. Oh, and yes, so I remember this. I, I lost a... Uh, Leica R6 II with a 90 millimeter lens. And this is a camera that I absolutely love. And I took it out to shoot. And I go, I can't believe it. So for the next, I don't know, I would say not very long, maybe a month and a half, I've yeah. torn my house apart to find this camera. I have everything. I found things I didn't know I had. I found it. And I just said, I gave up last week and just said, you know what? One day I'm going to find it. And that's fine. So let's cut to... Uh, this week I go on a little um, lunch and LA film camera in Studio City. Yes, uh, adventure with Caleb from Bad Flashes. Please check out Caleb's YouTube channel; it's amazing. And also Grainy Days with Jason, and uh, you'll sure. see him on there, obviously. Anyway, so we go there, and he has never seen LA film camera, which I was in shock. Wow! And so I said, "Well, we're going right now." So you know. I got hold of the guys. They're there. We, we, we could drop by, and he's amazed. I mean, you have to remember, Caleb comes from, uh, you know, visual effects. He was at Stargate, and he's, you know, knows film cameras. He's a filmmaker. Right. So he was all over those vintage film cameras and uh, movie cameras and on and on and went all over in the Super 8 and on and on. And so then we're looking at the cameras, and I go, I just found my Leica R6. I totally forgot. I sold it to them. You sold it. When you and I, I were there. I get it I now. Was, I was with you. Oh. I had sold it, and I was going, I am such a ding-dong. Oh, that my God. That there it is with the 90 millimeter lens. And 
you know, my little red shutter release button. And I yes. just, I had both oh, relief. Oh, you had totally forgotten. Yeah, I was totally relieved and sad at the same time. Oh, my God. Yeah. How funny. Were you sad that you sold it? Yes. Oh, no. What does this mean? No, it's not that I, it's not that I'm going to get another one. It's just what happened was I was interested in using that 90 and uh, the 90 wasn't there. So oh. I was sure I misplaced it, but that was the uh, wow, the funniest thing. And uh, you're having the sting of regret. I'm a little concerned, Gabe. <laughs> uh, you know, it was. Uh, I've had the sting of regret before. It'll it won't stop with that. Wow. One. Yeah. Wow. Oh, uh, yeah, what that, if you got a different Leica Flex? What if you do got some other one? Well, I have the Leica Flex. Get I mean, an it's not, Leica Flex SL two. It's, it's not that I don't have another R. No. Like oh, it. It's right. just that that one I was sort of excited about. But you know what? Life goes on, sort of. That's yes. what I will say. Um, I'm trying wow. to think of, think of things that uh, that went on while you were gone. Well, there was another L.A. film, uh, L.A., yes. sorry, L.A. Photography Club that Katie runs. Um, you yes. can find them on Instagram. But it was at a great coffee place, and there was a big turnout, and everything was – and I bought our very own – Fred Corey to the event with his Wonderful. brand new Q2 and, and it was so much fun. He sat there. He was talking to people. I pushed him into conversations. He was learning stuff. And when we left, he said he loved it and he wanted to go again. And he's going with me today to a uh, L.A. Photography Club event at Bergamot Station. And uh, amazing. I'm very excited. He's bringing his Roloflex. Wow. And it's, uh, I, I, he's into it. So this is the mission accomplished is what I will say. I'm amazed. Yeah. I'm excited. And someone it's... had, one, one thing I wanted to tell you is that J Fred and I were looking at, and Fred doesn't know anything about the history of cameras. So yeah. everything's interesting. So it's really fun. But someone had an Argus C3 who uses it. It was in wow. mint condition. I've never seen one like this. They're usually yeah. always trashed or holding up a table. Yeah. And uh, he loves it. So it was really fun to actually, because I used to pick those up, go, I don't know how to use this and put them down. He showed me all the steps it takes to take a picture, but I, it was really cool. I hate, I hate them. Yeah, they're horrible. But I, I think they're horrible. They're horrible <laughs> and ugly. Well, I, I don't get it. <laughs> Other than I, that. I, I, what, I mean, fight me on this. I think they're terrible. Why? Why? Uh, I don't know. So I mean, fun. they always seemed kind of, I don't know. They were the 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 ultimate trash table camera. Like, who wants that oh, thing? Yeah. But I guess people like them now. And they were in the Harry Potter movie. I guess. I think so, if yeah. I remember correctly. And then uh, and then there were events. Like you missed all these things. Like there was this <sighs> dinner. Uh, it just an amazing Thai restaurant in the valley. It was so much fun. With uh, you know, Ali put it together from one month two cameras, and there was about yeah. seven of us, and it was just amazing you know it was just really fun and this just comes out of these camera meetups you know now there's camera dinners and cameras and coffee oh. you know and it's 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 been a lot of fun so i'm glad you will be back in los angeles at some point because yes. we will have to make up and attend these i will be back in a couple of weeks and yes we have a lot of making up to do great oh do i have a little bit of adventure to recount oh boy um would you like to hear about the cameras I bought? <laughs> oh, I always want to hear about the cameras you bought. I'm very excited. Oh, and why God. you bought them, too. That's even more interesting. 
Well, uh, okay. I have I have two different sagas. Two sagas. I'll try and telescope them both. Because, right. you know. Um, so, I, I did not set out to buy cameras on this trip. But our dear friend Alan Perez had sent me a litany, a veritable... A veritable Baddecker. <laughs> okay, I have never about heard that? that word, but thank you very much uh, for teaching a me. Baddecker is like a guide, like <laughs> okay. a guidebook. Okay. To camera shops of Eastern and Central Europe. Right. I particularly honed in on the shops that he suggested I go to in Prague, which is a stunning city, guys. Uh, I may be among the last to inform you of this, but Prague is a beautiful city. <laughs> there was a lot of work to be done while we were in Prague, so I only had a little bit of time to myself, but I decided to venture out and go to a couple of the camera shops Alan recommended. Well, I want to tell you about one of them. Photo Skoda. That's S with the little hmm. little dip over it. Right. F-O-T-O-S-K-O-D-A. Oh, my God, this camera shop. Oh, my God. It was like sort of, um, sort of like a B&H in that they do everything. Right. They have processing on site, which I'll talk about in a minute. They have, a dark, they have dark room rentals on site. They have new. They have used. The used section of this camera shop was once again astonishing because the cameras that are ubiquitous, I said that word again, in <laughs> Central Europe are the ones that we find most elusive and vice versa. Right. Interesting. So I was combing the stacks and my eye alit upon an extraordinarily gorgeous Pentacon M. Did I talk about this no, last time? No, 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 no. Holy Wait, cow. Wait, Pentacon M? Did I talk about this? I've never this? heard of this. Pentacon FM. Pentacon FM. Did I talk about it? I'm checking to make sure. I'm going to say I didn't. Nope. Okay. Did we talk about this? No. No way. Okay. Longtime followers of this news organization. Yeah, no. they'll tell us. Remember when I bought a console? Yes. Remember that? Remember that? Yes. The console? Because I wanted to get a Contax D clone that was M42 screw mount. Right. And that it was made in Eastern Europe and that I bought it from a seller in Bakersfield and it turned out it didn't work. Right. And I bought it because it had a pretty loco and I ended up sending it back. Yes. And even our camera repair guy said no. Nice. Well, the Pentacon, I'm going to just start with the camera, then we'll talk about the lens. Pentacon, they're everywhere. This was $100. They're everywhere. This works perfectly. Look at this gorgeousness. Oh, my Look gosh. Look at that. Look at that design. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? There's a little switch here on the back that, that sets slow or fast shutter speeds. The slower in red, fast in black. Look how beautiful. Look at that logo. And that's oh. really – so there were a ton of those? You saw a lot of those cameras there? Incredibly cheap. Wow. Incredibly plentiful. I chose the FM. It is slightly rarer than the Pentacon F. I believe it is the last in the series. These were made by Carl Zeiss. Oh, my gosh. It is – listen to this sound. Ready? Ooh, wow. That is, that's the sound of an old camera, guys. Really wonderful. It sounds like my anyway. Pentacon uh, – yeah, I'm sure TL, it does. Yeah. Yes, yes. Anyway, yes, this is a 35-millimeter SLR. Does not have an instant return mirror, but uh, anyway, stunning, right? Well, of course, uh, 
when we got back to Prague a little while later, I'd been carrying this thing around with no lens on it. Right. Guys, I mean, you, I don't want a camera, yeah, no lens. Sad. I went back and I went shopping. And do you know what I bought? Oh, my God, is this exciting. Did a little bit of research into what is a good lens to pair with this. And I thought, I want a Zeiss lens. Right, right? of course. I want a Zeiss lens. And it turns out that they had for sale a Carl Zeiss Jena lens, which yes. is reputed to be one of the finest M42 lenses ever made. This is, folks, the Carl Zeiss Jena DDR 35mm f2.4 Flectogon. Wow. This is a wide-angle macro macro yes. lens. Wide-angle macro focuses down to 0.2 meters. 0.2 meters. I, I'm not going to do the conversion for you guys, but I think that's about five inches. Right. Thank you. Yes, okay? of course. Gorgeous lens, M42 screw mount, manual or automatic diaphragm. Look how pretty it looks on the camera. Total cost of this showcase, $110. Come wait. on now. Wait, 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 wait. So the whole thing was 210 Two, 210 Great. This whole thing. And all Look made by Carl Zeiss. I mean, what do you all want? All made what by Carl Zeiss. I bought it in Central Europe. It is from Eastern Europe. My God, isn't that gorgeous? That's a good one. Okay, so th these were the first two acquisitions of the trip. Right. Okay. Would you like to hear about the third acquisition? Oh, yes. Of course. Let's talk about the third acquisition. So I had no intention of buying anything else beyond that. But late in the trip, we found ourselves in a resort town on near the Austrian border called Chesky Krumlov. Beautiful, beautiful okay. little city. Okay. Um, among the things I did in Chesky Krumlov, by the way, is I visited a museum called the Museum Photo Atelier Seidel which was the, a house museum by the local portrait photographer. Wow. He had a portrait studio there, and he, he, there were hundreds and hundreds of glass plate negatives that this man took over the course of his years living in this house, and it is a veritable snapshot of life in southern Czechoslovakia around you know, the turn of the century and wow. incredible stuff. So I got to see that. But anyway, went into an antique store in Chesky Krumlov. I'm looking at old jewelry and watches <laughs> and stick pins. And there was an incredibly beautiful microscope, which had it not been $3,700 yeah. and weighed 200 pounds, I would have found a way to bring home with me. Yes. But sitting on a lower shelf is something I never thought I would ever get. Oh, my goodness. First of all, it looks like, first of all, it looks like glasses from a Devo video. That's definitely a, a Devo video glasses, but that's cool. I mean, that's- Do you the, know what this is? All I could say, it looks like a stereo camera to me. This is a 16 millimeter stereo camera called the Stereo Microma. Look at this. It's got green leatherette. It's got two f3.5 lenses which move in concert. Okay, this uh. one came with the two 16 millimeter cartridges. Right. Okay. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. It's look at this. Pretty beautiful. Look at the two little film gates. Okay. And you know what? Best of all, 
Ho, ho, ho. Wait, I got to put it back together now so I can demonstrate this. Best of all, she work. That's crazy. She work. She work perfectly. That's How could amazing. I resist? Mamma Mia. Here I go again. And it was in an antique store. It wasn't in a camera store. No, no. See? It was in an antique store. You have to look at these Look things. at this. This is the winder. Thumb wind. Shutter release. That's crazy. Oh. I don't know if I'll ever shoot with this. Okay? I'm not a stereo photography guy. But And by the way, it came with this. Look at this lens cap. With the name of the company that made it. Meota. A Czech company. So look. How was I going to complete my visit to the Czech uh -oh, Republic exactly. without buying a Czech camera? Exactly. There it is, guys. I mean, I don't like to buy cameras just to sit on the shelf, but look, the cuteness. Also, you're right. Put over my eyes. Yep. That probably looks really cool. It'll be, um, great. It'll be great. Stereo Macroma. Could not resist it. That's anyway, a great one. I am told that I could load it with 16 millimeter film. I don't even have to stereo it. I could just use it as a double Minox. I try okay, it. But... Had to get that. There you go. You have to try it. That's a great purchases. Isn't that fun? Yep. Isn't that fun? Uh, before I move on, did you have any camera acquisition adventures? I see a bullseye over your shoulder. Yes, Don't that, die. That bullseye I've had for a long time, and I love it. I just started shooting with it again. So that's yeah, been very fun. Uh, I love it. Camera acquisitions. Well, look. I already have 650 OM1s because of you. Oh, yes, that's um, true. No, actually, I only have uh, two OM1s, but I love them very much. But yes. I was playing with, you know, I kept going back and forth. I love shooting in aperture priority mode and on yes. and on. Uh, and someone had sent me one that was available and said, you know, I know you're looking for one. My local camera shop has one, and I didn't want to tell them that I had just sort of purchased one and uh i found a beautiful black om2 which oh, i wow. used this last week uh and it was um uh it was a lot of fun like it was is it really more fun than the om1 kind of but it's only kind of because i like using the um the aperture priority. I think that's that's really fun. And I and uh, you know I shot Sophia Dunn Baker downtown. I haven't posted them yet, but uh, it was so much fun to use. I was very very excited about nice. this. So I did buy that. And then, as I told oh. you that I wouldn't be you know pushed around and convinced to buy a camera I do not need. Allie kept bringing out her Nikon D seven hundred, which she loves. Oh. I don't know what that and is. She's it has from a D in it. One what month, does that two mean? cameras. It's a digital Nikon uh, okay. that uh, people swear by. They feel like it has different color renditions and on and on. And so that should come in the mail today. And then, of course, I go down the rabbit hole. She goes, you don't have to get autofocus lenses because some of them aren't the fastest. But, you know, I have some Nikon lenses. She goes, you can use them. So I frantically look all over for Autofocus, 50 millimeter, 1.4. Wow. Okay. And I found one and I bid on it and they had no interest in my bid. So now I'm just going to hang out with the manual focus. I should get that later today and I will try it out. Wow. We'll, uh, I'm very, very excited about that. This so. is a Nikon D700. Is that what you yes, just said? Yes, Nikon D700. Wow. And then, okay. And then lastly, which I am dying to get, this is on my wish list. 
which I realize is for the Contact 645, which I love, as you know. Yes. But I really want to get a waist level finder. They are so expensive. I am going to hopefully trade someone for a waist level finder for the wow uh, contact 645 but oh, you, uh, yeah i was going crazy because you're you, gone would, yeah this was gonna say well, i can't believe i thought you were gonna say no i haven't gotten anything no no that you're, was you're, you're you are losing your mind oh and I, then I, I, wait and then there's oh, another no. now, now i have to put the urge to get something as well as you know the original nikon f the black yes. paint version oh, I know. I that know i sent jonesing. to you and it was dented yeah, and so, it was from japan someone already bought it and they're not expensive it's just that it's hard to find them yes so i met la film camera the other day and there's two of them so that may be something i may trade them which would be exciting but uh you don't own an f right now am no. i right about that no yeah oh boy anyway the f is nice i have one i don't use it very often yeah well there you go that's the guy i need that wow i need that brassing i need that craziness and yeah, that's it wow that's okay it. well that's a lot of acquisitions yeah. i'm impressed yeah there you i'm go. impressed yeah uh i'll tell you in a minute about something i have my eye on it's quite stupid uh <laughs> well, well but i'll get to it in a minute but i do want to talk about the I alluded to this in our last episode, but I want to talk about the challenges of shooting film abroad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes, guys, uh, you wonder if it's worth it. Um, I will tell you that when you choose to shoot film abroad, and I brought dozens of rolls of Portrait 400 with me on this trip, you are faced with dealing with impatient and or uncomprehending airport security people. Right. Who I would say seven times out of eight on this trip abjectly refused to hand check my film. They just refused. Now, was it because they and were busy or they just had no interest? They had no interest. Uh, even in Vienna Airport, which was not busy, they took a look at the film and because it said 400 on it, they said, this won't have any problem going through the scanner. This is what they've been told. Yes, of course. So, guys, stick your 400-speed film in 1,600-speed cassettes if you want to get any sort of a hearing. Because if they see if they see 400 on there, they are not even going to listen. So, by a few weeks into the trip, I had 18 rolls of film with me. And wow. I was facing the prospect of going to Heathrow with 18 rolls of film. Heathrow is the worst. I knew that I would get no quarter from the gang at Heathrow. And so I went around and around. What am I going to do? Do I leave the film in Prague and then pick it up on the B side? Do I ship it home? via DHL. I called DHL and I got three different answers oh. about whether they x-ray packages. Oh boy. Because I was going to ship it to the dark room or right, something right. and do it that way. Three different answers. Finally, I decided, you know what? I am going to process it locally. And my heart was in my throat doing this because right. I don't know these labs, you know, no matter how highly recommended they are, it's panoramic right? Are they going to charge me? Are they going to know what to do? Are they going to cut the negatives? Are they this or that? So I went back to Photo Skoda, right, which has a lab. And I explained to the gentleman at the counter, I said, this is panoramic film, 18 rolls. You know, the 
he spoke perfect English. I told him, you know, please cut every third frame, you know, the, and scan it 24 by 65. And he nodded and understood everything I said. Three days later, I went back and they were closed for the morning because it was some saint's holiday. So I came back that afternoon and they had all of the film perfectly processed in sleeves. There was one roll which they had decided not to cut the negatives because the images were fairly dark and they didn't want to cut in the wrong place. Right. That's how much care they took with yeah. my stuff. That's amazing. Went back to the hotel, followed the links that they had given me, and the scans were perfect. Wow. They did an amazing job. All these scans that you're going to see on my Instagram for the next you know couple of weeks – as I upload pieces of these 18 rolls, those were all courtesy of Photoshkoda. And I'll tell you something else. It was cheap. That's 18 great. rolls was to process and scan, I believe, was around $250 all in. That's that is fantastic. not bad. Yep. Not bad. A lot, of, a lot of labs will upcharge you for panoramic. And how, what so, was the turnaround again? Three or four days. Perfect. Three days. Something three or four Perfect. days. And it worked out perfectly because I was flying somewhere else. Right. And by the time I got back, they had done it. That's so So great. this is my new way. Yep. Find a reputable local lab and just do it on site. It, it, it can be – I mean, I asked our film photography podcasting compatriots what they would do, and everyone said, get it processed locally. So yeah. I'm glad I did it. That's smart. Um, I brought back another 10 rolls with me from the remainder of the trip and those went to picture house small dark room yesterday so we'll see how that went right but i could not be happier and i'll tell you something else portra is the bomb i had to pay 25 bucks a roll for portra on this trip because it's much more expensive in europe than it is in the u.s it was worth every penny and do you and do you um so the real big test is this stuff has been scanned so you'll be able to report back Yes. Great. Exactly. That's great. Exactly. So anyway, uh, I'm well pleased. I'm also, I got to say, the X-Pan was flawless. Yep. No problems. It was very easy to carry around and shoot with. Um, I never, I actually brought along the Olympus XA4 as a backup and never used it. Interesting. Took the X-Pan everywhere. The only place I didn't take the, X, take the X-Pan was into a canoe. Good in idea. Chesky Krumlov. I, I did that with my iPhone instead. But <laughs> there was nowhere this thing wouldn't go, and uh, I'm just so, so very happy with it. I think the next time that I travel, the backup is going to be another X-Pan. Interesting. I love that. Yep. I think that's totally yep. great. This brings me to yes. one final topic, which has been lighting up the wires. Yes. Did you know, did you hear about the new Wide Lux? What? Oh, the one that Jeff Bridges is developing? Yes. Yes, I saw an article. Breaking news, the gang behind Silver Grain Classics has teamed up with Jeff and Susan Bridges to make a new Wide Lux. What are your thoughts on this? I think it's exciting. I mean, I think it's exciting because Jeff's involved in it. I think that's yes. like he's not getting involved in something that he's not excited about. Yeah. I think it's amazing. I wonder if there will be any improvements or enhancements. Right. Like a meter or other shutter speeds or, right. you know, something to resist banding, which, you know, is a persistent problem with wide luxes. They require a lot of maintenance. Right. I wonder if it will be as good as a vintage wide lux. Wow. 
So incredibly exciting. But this got me thinking again because I did a little bit of reading about the Wide Lux and they were talking about the 120 or 140 degree field of view. You know, I did a little research and I was like, well, what is the X-Pans field of view? Just out of curiosity. Right. Do you know what the X-Pans field of view is? What? 71 degrees. Wow. wow. It's only about half of what you see with a Wide Lux. So is it panoramic or is that just widescreen? Shh, don't, you know what I mean? Don't, li- don't let that out. Yeah, I know. Oh my Even goodness. the 30-millimeter lens, the extra, extra wide, is only like 80 degrees. Wow. It's interesting. It's interesting when we talk about pano, what do we mean? And, of course, the Wide Lux being a swing lens pano has that barrel distortion, and the X-Pan does not. Right. But those images are not only different in look and feel, but they're different in width. So, I don't know. Something I was thinking about. Here's the final thing on the topic of panoramadom. Yes. One thing we have never talked about is these cameras that purported to be panoramic, these 35-millimeter cameras that had a mask that would clamp down over the top and bottom of the 35-millimeter frame right. and called themselves panoramic. Interesting. Yes. I always disdain those because I'm like, what is this? That's not panoramic. You're throwing away half the frame. Right. You know, I could crop a 35-millimeter negative and say it's panoramic, but it's not panoramic. I did come across a camera today that gave me pause. What was that? Have you ever heard of the Minolta P's, P apostrophe S? No. Minolta, Minolta P apostrophe S. I urge you to look this oh, up. Oh, I see it. I see it. Oh, okay. Come on. Come on now. This is silly. It is also known as the Riva Panorama. Okay. I think there's one other name for it. The, shoot, it has another name in America. I forget what it's called. Riva Panorama. Anyway, uh, Freedom Vista. Okay. This is a camera that also crops the 35 millimeter frame. But you know what? You have no choice. It only shoots a cropped image and it only has a wide viewfinder. Hmm. So you're shooting, quote unquote, it's got a 25 millimeter lens. I'm suspicious. So you are shooting panoramic all the time. Would you do it? I don't think so. I, I, I just don't think so. And also, I'm not sure. Have we seen any results from it? It's pretty good. I mean, it's obviously grainier. The lens is not as good as an right. X-Pan lens. Right. But it's, it's pano-ish. I mean, if you look at the article about it, it uh, you know, it's sort of panorama. Hmm. I need to I need You're to dubious. Do research. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of maybe buying one because they are cheap. Yeah. I mean, you can get one. I saw uh, if some. You get the, if you get the American edition, it's a $50 camera. Autofocus point and shoot. That would be I a fun know. thing to post. Yeah. Be fun to play with. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Gabe, before we move to our mailbag? Oh, well, my goodness. Yes, I did have a very fun time. Uh, Christo Fernandez from Ted Lasso. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, love him and Ted Lasso. Uh, we hung out. We just walked around and we took a bunch of pictures, you know, 
Uh, so he has some new stuff and that was, that's great. always a great time. But I will tell you this. Yes. Uh, it's shocking that what a year does when you're on Ted Lasso. I mean, Jeff, we walked around and every two feet, Oh wow! every two feet he was stopped and he couldn't have been happier and more gracious and loved taking pictures with people. But I'm, I'd say, you know, it was about 50 people in a very short wow. amount of time, but it was so much fun. It was, a, it was a really good time. That's interesting. So Ted Lasso has penetrated the consciousness enough that he gets recognized everywhere. He gets recognized everywhere. And everyone yells, football is life. I mean, it's just... It's oh, very, that's great. It's very fun, but such a nice guy, and, and it was a great time. That's wonderful. Yep. Film shooter? I did not shoot film. Okay. <laughs> I shot... Um, I shot the M10 and the R5. Okay. There you go. All right. All right. It's fine. Next time. It's fine. Gabe, you know what time it is. What time is it? It is time for a dip into our prodigious <laughs> mailbag. So the mailbag filled up a bit during our uh, two weeks away, uh, and I'm going to speed through it, okay, because we have, I think, about – 14, 15 messages in here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, I want to start with Alan Perez responding to episode 55 said, love the chances are reference. Yeah, I guess, yeah, you mentioned Johnny Mathis, and I think I said something about <laughs> yeah, that. that was so good. Um, he also said, thanks for the mention of the Petri Color 35. He had never heard of it. He said, I've always been interested in a Roli 35. The Petri looks like a reasonable alternative to explore. Would you be surprised to learn Alan wrote another couple of times? No. <laughs> he mentioned a book recommendation called The Moment of Truth by Paul Natkin, hmm. a Chicago-based music photographer. Do you know this book? I do not, and I'm very upset I don't. Concert photography from the 1970s to 2021. 300 pages. Looks gorgeous. Oh, yes, it does. Wow. And also, Alan wrote to draw our attention to a show that I was going to try and see while I was in London, Paul McCartney's Photos of the Beatles. Oh, Did you hear about this? Yes. Yeah, oh. there's apparently an accompanying photo book called, I think it's called Eye of the, yeah, 1964 Eyes of the Storm. It's photographs that Paul took with his Pentax, by the way. Which one? Let's let's be I, sure. I want to make sure. Actu- it's, do we know? It's definitely a Pentax. I believe he might have the same one I just bought, the S3. Okay. But they also were known to shoot with Spotmatics and so forth. Anyway, Paul is not a great photographer, guys, but the Beatles are a great subject. So I was going to go see this show while I was in London. I didn't, but that is a good tip by Alan! Yes, I love Alan, it. Alan, I just got to once again say, Alan is my hero. He gave me lots of great recommendations for this trip. I was not able to follow up on all of them, but if he had only said Photoshkoda, he would be a lifesaver, so thank you, Alan. Next up, Bruce Horn says, the Kiev that he had that took 645 backs was the 88, not the 60. The Roli SLRs that took 645 were the SLX and most of the 6000 series, which also took 6x6 inserts. He never had one because they were always more expensive. He can't say how reliable they are, but I would guess the later 6008s are more problematic since they are extremely complex. Apparently, they showed shoot 645 vertically. Gabe, have you followed up on your obsession with alternate Roli medium format cameras i have definitely not 
Okay. <laughs> I have thought about that SL66 quite a bit. And? Uh, but have not done anything about well, it. Look, because they're I supposed love, to be terrible. I, they're, look, I asked our repair guy. I've asked Steve's camera in Culver City. Yes. I've asked every single person that has one for sale, and they look at me and just shake their head. You know, I think well, the Steve's yep. thing was, was it's a beautiful camera. But it's expensive to fix. So yes. that's my fear is expensive to fix. Well, following on this, Jeff Pittman wrote, uh, he linked to an article on Japan Camera Hunter from 2018, a, a review of the Roloflex SL66. And he says, I used the SL66 SE for a few years and loved it. It really is an engineering masterpiece that came to market too late and at too high a price, twice the price of a Hasselblad 5 system. Tremendous amount of money. Yeah, that's so I much. sold his, He said, I sold mine a few years ago to get a Roli 6008 AF, but I do wish I'd kept the SL66 SE. If your super secret repairman's able to service it, I wouldn't think twice about getting one. By the way, it is also heavy with about 1,000 metal parts. Oh. Take care, Jeff Pittman. Good tip. Guys, anyone out there have experience with these cameras? We would like to hear from oh, you. Oh, definitely. I mean, I love to see the pictures. Tom Northenskold sent an article, which he I'm sorry. Tom Northenskold sent an email, which he said we don't have to read, but he did point you to an OM2 at his local camera yes, shop. You already got I had one. Already, I had already, was already in the process, but um, it was a beauty, and he also turned me on to a great uh, Photoshop, which is great. Yes. Okay, next up, Douglas Ingram. <laughs> This will never end. The subject line is Vivian Meyer antidote. Just so wait, wait, says, wait, before you go on. Uh, yes. I'm going to prepare you for something because you're yes. a dear friend. Yes. You are going to get the same Vivian Meyer reaction, the same reaction you got to Vivian Meyer as you will get for Paul McCartney. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's oh, c- shit. It's okay. coming. Oh, darn. Okay. <laughs> he says, have you heard of Masha Ivashintova? Who hasn't? A Russian photographer from St. Petersburg, 1942 to 2000. Similar situation as Vivian Meyer, a prolific photographer, documenting a place and a time. Look this up, guys. Masha, I-V-A, S-H-I-N-T-S-O-V-A. Fascinating story. Great tip, Doug Ingram. Next up, Larry Effler regarding Jeff's X-Pan. Okay, I'm just going to read this. Jeff's quote from episode 55, I did not bring it for the attention. Dude, you're standing beside literally the most beautiful woman in the world. You could have a live badger on a strap over your shoulder and you wouldn't attract attention unless maybe the badger had the wooden grip. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Larry, I love you. Next up, Aki Soga regarding Kodak Double X. He says, hi, Jeff and Gabe. I, too, fell in love with Kodak XX film stock recently. He said he shot several roles in 35 and 120 on a trip to Big Bend Ranch State Park. The tones and especially the deep black so suited the open, empty landscape. He shot on his Leica M6 and Fujika GW690, both great cameras. His only regret was he later realized both had the same aspect ratio. He would have loved a little variety. He pointed us to other sources for Double X. One, of course, is the film photography project. They sell it as FPPX2. He also said 
the Reflex Lab, that's R-E-F-L-X Lab, a Chinese company, sells it at $7.99 for a roll of 36 exposures. Wow. Not bad. That's really good. He said, always love hearing you two banter. Your podcast is a must listen. You're correct. <laughs> he said he has to give a plug to his local camera shop, Lazat Camera. I believe we mentioned these guys yes. back in the mists of history. They're in Burlington. He loves them. Thank you, Aki Soga. He lives in South Burlington, Vermont. Next up, Gary Ingersoll on a similar subject. He said, a couple episodes ago, you were asking for ideas on great camera shops. He has one. Being old, my wife and I snowbird to Tucson for three months each year, and our trip this year found Monument Camera. Do you know this place? No. Lee Walker owns and runs it. Terrific selection of film cameras, film, and accessories. He now offers processing and has training classes. He bought a beautiful RZ67 Pro 2 with the 110 millimeter. Wow. He met photographer Wilbur Norman there, a Leica ambassador. Also met a collector with 3,000 cameras. Lee Walker is a very nice guy. I always feel welcome when I drop by. He has a website. Many cameras are listed there. Many more on the shelves. Monument Camera in Tucson. Guys, listeners, come at us with your favorite camera shops. I love this thread. Let's hear more from you guys about your favorite shops. We would love to highlight them on the show. Next up, John Michael Mendiza. I'm going to shorthand this. The short version is, I was going to sell my Leica M3 to John Michael. Uh, I was going to bring it with me to Central Europe, and he and I were going to meet up somehow. Bah, bah, bah. It, did not, it turned out it was not convenient for me to do so. I urged him to move on.com. He got an M3. Wow. And we are happy for him. He's out shooting with it. Please send your results, okay? Uh, he wants an I Dream of Cameras meetup at the Leica Park in Wetzlar. <laughs> oh, I love that idea. Uh, uh, I'm very excited about that. But anyway, he said he is shooting his M3 with the, canny, or with the Canon 50mm 1.4 Leica thread mount with an adapter. Yeah, that's amazing. And the Leica M135 2.8 with the goggles. John Michael, we love you and his photography. Guys, follow this guy on Instagram, J.M. Mendiza, I believe is his handle. He is the best, and I am so happy you have that camera, man. That lens, that uh, Canon oh, yeah. 50 tremendous. is beautiful. Tremendous. Yeah. I'll tell you something else, guys. You want to buy my M3, reach out. Oh, it's in right. immaculate condition. And you've Next got more up, film to buy. We're going to wrap this up with two emails from Heath Dewey. One is, question for the next pod, Jeff and Gabe. Looking forward to the next episode, I've been thinking about how to get a thriving film community going in my area. Do you have any suggestions on how to connect with film and camera enthusiasts? He wants to get something going similar to Beers and Cameras. D.C. Baltimore doesn't have one, but he doesn't know what it entails. Any help is appreciated. I suppose if listeners in my area want to start something, they can reach out to me on Instagram. His handle is a light in the glass, but all the spaces between the letters are underscores. Okay. A light in the glass. Heath Dewey. He says, P.S. Gabe, your love of TL he says, Gabe, your love of TLRs has swayed me. I am now the proud owner of this beauty, a rollacord with the most beautiful lens cap I've ever seen, Fantastic. by the way. Fantastic. That's so exciting. So you know what? What would you suggest for Heath? Aside from what we just did, in terms of getting meetups going in his area, what would you pitch? Well, look, you can go, you can always contact Juan at Beers and Cameras, which is based I agree. in San Diego, which I think would be a great idea. Plus, it's already got the name, so I'm sure other people will, will recognize it. That's, that's one idea. 
The other idea is go to your favorite camera store and uh, start talking to people and, and see who they're they'll know who their film photography customers yeah. are. And, you know, I, w- I would definitely pursue it, you know, pursue that angle. I think it, I think people will be very excited to, you know, have a meetup and start small, you know, yes. what Katie did with Los Angeles Photography Club is she said she had sort of a cameras and coffee event and just meet up at a coffee place. And then it doesn't matter if like five people show up or 50 people show up and um, it'll be a lot of fun. I mean, in Katie's case, everyone showed up. Yeah. And I think, you know, but we're in Los Angeles, but there's definitely I'm sure there's a ton of film photography people uh, uh, in the area. And I think it's just starting to uh, collect names. And usually someone will know someone. That's how these things start. I completely agree. You know, a meetup can be three people, yep. you know, and and I think using your local camera shop as a jumping off point. If they have a bulletin board in there, post, yep. you know, it's the, that, you know, having, you know, make make the camera shop your friend. Obviously, it's a self-selecting group of people who come in to buy film or shop for vintage cameras. Those are exactly your target audience. But I think using beers and cameras, they're always looking to extend their tentacles yep. to other cities. So yep. why not? Finally, it wouldn't be a prodigious mailbag without somebody telling me I'm a moron. So (laughs) Heath chimes in to say the subject line, Petri slander. Wow. That is serious. Are you ready? Yes. Here's what he said. Oh, yeah. I forgot to give Jeff a tongue lashing for his defamation of Petri cameras as, quote, truly terrible, abysmal cameras that you will find on the trash table at your local camera show, unquote. Oh, my goodness. So good. How dare you, sir? I take umbrage at your slight to my beloved Kurabayashi. But in seriousness, I can't really speak for most of their products, but I do really enjoy their color-corrected super rangefinders. They're surprisingly well-built, basic little rangefinders with excellent lenses. I have a 2.8 CCS, the early 2.8 aperture model, a later 1.9 E CCS, electronic brain, their first with a couple meter, and even the Petri half. I know Jeff loves his half-frame beauties, and this one is a delight. I actually have used that camera. I love the little trigger wine, so please reserve your judgment because while others may turn their noses up at these little-known gems, the wise can pick up a really fun and unique camera for usually less than $30, Jeff. Check below for some example photos from my Instagram. Okay. Heath, you're correct. Look how I've changed, Gabe. That's amazing. Look how, look how evolved I am. Is it because I have love in my life? Do you think that's what it is? I think that has to do with it. You are correct that not all cameras made by Petri are terrible. I happen to like the Petri Racer. How about that? And that, that Petri, the, the half, is a nice little camera. I had one for a time. I don't know what happened to it. I will say their lenses are kind of B-. minus. Again, come at me, guys. Uh, with, but the thing point I was trying to make is that the Petri Color 35 is a better design than the Roli. Significantly better from a camera company not known for exquisite design. That was my point. I obviously went to a extravagant rhetorical place that perhaps I didn't need to go. See how conciliatory that I is. can You've be become with my radio voice. Not yeah. so confrontational. So, and... uh, yeah, I don't know what happened to me. Hmm. I'm losing my edge. Yeah. Uh, but, Heath, thank you for writing. And with that, we bring to a close our prodigious. <laughs> 
mailbag. <laughs> well done. As always, guys, you can write to us at idreamofcameras at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Please fill up the now empty mailbag with your rants and your raves. Yes. Gabe, an hour has gone by. Oh, yes, it I has. I miss or you like more. crazy. Oh, I know. I you miss your tender touch. <laughs> I, miss your, I miss your loving embrace. I, it has been so long it has since been we were so in the long. same city. I mean, it's crazy. We, and it's going to be another couple of weeks before I'm back in L.A. We got to make it happen. Yeah, we'll but, figure it all out. Uh, I'm sure we will. Uh, Gabe, do we have other people to thank? Before we close out. Oh, yes, we do. We have my uh, now film photography friend. Yep. Our composer, Fred Corey. Emmy winner. Emmy, five-time Emmy winner. That's right. Uh, That's right. Amazing friend. And now into his Q2 and his Rolleiflex and his OM1. It's very exciting. Thank you, Fred. And the amazing Keith Greenstein, who you have seen sooner than I have seen. I'm seeing him in four days. Oh, there you I'm go. I'm actually, yeah, going back to Atlanta this week. Probably going to go to KEH, guys. Oh, I need uh, more reports on KEH. But, Keith, you've given us a great look. Everyone who gets our stickers is very excited, so thank you. And Keith, an excellent photographer in his own yes. right, posting his OM1 shots yep. all over his Instagram. Let's say Fred Corey is Fred Corey on Instagram. That's C-O-U-R-Y. Keith is copywriter on Instagram because he got there first. Yes. Okay. As you also know, I dream of cameras is I dream of cameras on Instagram. <laughs> Gabe is Gabe Sachs on Instagram. I am S Jeff Greenstein because Jeff Greenstein is a tax fraud felon. Yes. Do you is. know how many followers I have on Instagram now? Here's what's so funny. Uh, at the beginning of this romance, Jeff Greenstein had, and, and Jeff Greenstein was, complaining that he's still <laughs> hovering at 1500 followers. He was very upset about that. Yes. Uh, yeah. I have 11,300 followers. There you Instagram. go. There you so go. So join, join the party guys. Yes. Please uh, do. Um, I also gang, you yes. can, um, <laughs> uh, you can go to idreamofcameras.com for all your I Dream of Cameras needs. Many people have pointed out that when they joined us on this journey in November 2020, they had no idea this <laughs> plot point was coming. Oh, uh, this was I will not tell planned, you the- just so everyone knows. This is not planned, <laughs> no, but it's, it's no. very welcomed and it's very appreciated. Yes, yes, she's wonderful. So, um, guys, uh, this has been episode 56, Gabe Walk us the heck out of here. Uh, there's a couple things that I'm going to walk you out with. One is when you're researching cameras and lenses, do a lot of it. And I mean, cover all bases. Go to YouTube, go to all the descriptions, go to Google search, go everything. Because I find that is the most helpful because I used to just go to Google search. And then I went, oh my gosh, there's stuff on YouTube and, you know, all these other message boards. And I yes. learned everything I can about these things before you make the purchase. And lastly, yes. when you guys are taking portraits, move in closer. You will be hey. so happy. Uh, I have started doing it. I think you should all do it. Just, you know, you're taking pictures of your friends. Move in closer. You'll get, you'll fill up the frame. You'll be happier than anyone on your block and uh, 
go enjoy every moment. We will see you next episode.